Morning prayer begins on page three. The hour cometh and now is when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Continuing on the bottom of page seven. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Benite, Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with songs. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength <coughs> of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways unto whom I swear my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 40 begins on page 390. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my calling. He brought me also out of the horrible pit, out of the mire and clay, and set my feet upon the rock, and ordered my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even a thanksgiving unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that hath set his hope in the Lord, and turn not unto the proud, and to such as go about with lies. O Lord, my God, great are the wondrous works which thou hast done, like as be also thy thoughts, which are to usward, and yet there is no man that ordereth them unto thee. If I should declare them and speak of them, they should be more than I am able to express. Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offering and sacrifice for sin hast thou not required. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me, that I should fulfill thy will, O my God. I am content to do it, yea, thy law is within my heart. I have declared thy righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I will not refrain my lips, O Lord, and that thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. My talk hath been of thy truth and of thy salvation. I have not kept back thy loving mercy and truth from the great congregation. Withdraw not thou thy mercy from me, O Lord. 
let thy loving kindness and thy truth always preserve me. For innumerable troubles are come about me. My sins have taken such a hold upon me that I am not able to look up. Yea, they are more in number than the hairs of my head, and my heart faileth me. O Lord, let it be thy pleasure to deliver me. Make haste, O Lord, to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded together that seek after my soul to destroy it. Let them be driven backward and put to rebuke that wish me evil. Let them be desolate, desolate and rewarded with shame that say to, unto me, Fie upon thee, fie upon thee. Let all those that seek thee be joyful and glad in thee, and let such as love thy salvation say always, The Lord be praised. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord careth for me. Thou art my helper and redeemer. Make no long tarrying, O my God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twentieth chapter of the second book of Samuel. And there happened to be there a rebel, whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri, a Benjamite. And he blew a trumpet and said, We have no share in David, nor do we have inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tents, O Israel. So every man of Israel deserted David, and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah, from the Jordan as far as Jerusalem, remained loyal to their king. Now David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten women, his concubines, whom he had left to keep the house, and put them in seclusion, and supported them, but did not go into them. So they were shut up to the day of their death, living in widowhood. And the king said to Amasa, Assemble the men of Judah for me within three days, and be present here yourself. So Amasa went to assemble the men of Judah, but he delayed longer than the set time which David had appointed him. And David said to Abishai, Now Sheba, the son of Bichri, will do us more harm than Absalom. Take your lord's servants and pursue him, lest he find for himself fortified cities and escape us. So Joab's men, with the Carathites, the Pelathites, and all the mighty men, went out after him. And they went out of Jerusalem to pursue Sheba, the son of Bichri. When they were at the large stone which is in Gibeon, Amazah came before them. Now Joab was dressed in battle armor. On it was a belt, with a sword fastened in its sheath at his hips. And as he was going forward, it fell out. Then Joab said to Amazah, Are you in health, my brother? And Joab took Amazah by the beard with his right hand to kiss him. But Amazah did not notice the sword that was in Joab's hand, and he struck him with it in his stomach, and his entrails poured out on the ground, and he did not strike him again. Thus he died. Then Joab and Abishai his brother pursued Sheba the son of Bichri. Meanwhile one of Joab's men stood near Amazah and said, Whoever favors Joab, and whoever is for David, follow Joab. But Amazah wallowed in his blood in the middle of the highway. And when the man saw that all the people stood still, he moved Amazah from the highway to the field and threw a garment over him, when he saw that everyone who came upon him halted. 
When he was removed from the highway, all the people went on after Joab to pursue Sheba the son of Bichri. And he went through all the tribes of Israel to Abel and Beth Maacah and all the Beerites. And they were gathered together and also went after Sheba. Then they came and besieged him in Abel of Beth Maacah, and they cast up a siege mound against the city, and it stood by the rampart. And all the people who were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. Then a wise woman cried out from the city, Hear, hear, please say to Joab, Come nearby, that I may speak with you. When he had come near to her, the woman said, Are you Joab? He answered, I am. Then she said to him, Hear the words of your maidservant. And he answered, I am listening. So she spoke, saying, They used to talk in former times, saying, They shall surely seek guidance at Abel, and so they would end disputes. I am among the peaceable and faithful in Israel. You seek to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why would you swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? And Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up or destroy. That is not so. But a man from the mountains of Ephraim, Sheba the son of Bichri by name, has raised his hand against the king, against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. So the woman said to Joab, Watch, his head will be thrown to you over the wall. Then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people, and they cut off the head of Sheba the son of Bichri and threw it out to Joab. Then he blew a trumpet, and they withdrew from the city, every man to his tent. So Joab returned to the king at Jerusalem. And Joab was all, was over all the army of Israel. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, was over the Carathites and the Pelathites. Adoram was in charge of revenue. Jehoshaphat, the son of Ahilud, was recorder. Shiva was scribe. Zadok and Abiathar were the priests, and Ira the Jairite was chief minister under David. Here ended the first lesson. Together, Benedictus S. on page 11. Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the eleventh verse of the sixth chapter of the second epistle of St. Paul to the Corinthians. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us but you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also are open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. 
For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Here endeth the second lesson. Together, Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him, all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Almighty and everlasting God, 
Give unto us the increase of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain that which thou dost promise. Make us to love that which thou dost command, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant this, that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning to all. This sort of chapter where uh, King David once again, you know, he tries to get rid of, uh, well, he did it last, last chapter, get rid of uh, Joab as, as the general, but throughout the narrative of David's life, he's really dependent upon Joab, but he's tri twice tried to replace him and, and, he, and he really can't. Um, and in this instance, it, it kind of shows the conflicted emotionality of David because he, um, he's always had a, his, in a certain way, he has this passionate uh, heart, but it's, it's for good and for God, but it's also sometimes confused in sort of other matters where his great affection Absalom, you know, certainly clouded the idea that he couldn't allow someone who rebelled and, and um, tried to kill him to go on living, where Joab well knew that. Again, I, I would say that there's good news in the idea that this is the Lord's anointed with his own sort of ambiguities of, of affection, and it gives us encouragement that, you know, our, our, with our own uh, ambiguities and, and things in our own lives, we can still be those who belong to God. But... Um, here, you know, he so he replaced Joab with Amasa, who who doesn't show up in time, and David knows that we need they need to go pursue um, this rebel, and so he takes he he tells Joab's brother to take your 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 lord's men, and clearly he's going to go to his brother who's leading the men. So David still depends upon Joab, and the whole uh, murder of Amasa. The way that Joab just, oh, he's general again, um, just speaks of some of the ambiguity of it. But also, you know, David has created this by by a, a naive idea he could just replace a general and, and go on uh, as though nothing had happened. It, it speaks a little bit of some of the, you know, the coups you see in, in, in various countries around the world, the importance of the military. You, you know, you, whoever's running the military is going to be able to determine who, who's, who stays in power. Um, and but you get a little note at the end here when he starts giving the um, you know the the list of who's in charge of what this Benaiah who's over the the, the Cherethites and Pelethites is going to be the one who eventually uh, faces Joab, Joab down in, in the temple when Solomon becomes king. So make a note of that. Um, the first the second Corinthians passage is a notoriously difficult passage that people wrestle scholars wrestle with because. In the middle of Second Corinthians six, he um, he 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 goes from this poetic description of serious sorrowful yet always rejoicing as 
poor yet making many rich into an O Corinthians, we have spoke openly, our heart is wide open. And how, the, you know, so it goes into a passionate plea of somehow the Corinthians aren't um, responding to him. And it kind of comes out of nowhere. And some people try to say, well, this passage comes from somewhere else, but there's no textual evidence for that. And what it seems to be clear throughout Second Corinthians is St. Paul is making a defense of his ministry. There are people in Corinth who oppose Paul because he's not as impressive looking. He does, you know, there's certain things about him they don't like. And so, um, and what seems to be implication here, this, especially this idea of being unequally yoked with unbelievers, that is in certain circles been used mainly as an instruction about marriage, which as you are clear from the contact, can be clear from the business and social partnerships that um, the Corinthians have allowed themselves to be influenced by factions, you know, that have infiltrated the church or maybe in the Mar to be assessing things in a more visible and worldly way. And and this causes them to to um you know to some degree uh work against Paul and his ministry. And so when he says our hearts are open to you, he's He's talked about how much he has suffered for the gospel, you know, even to create a Corinthian church. And now he's, you know, the plea is, therefore, don't allow yourself to be influenced by these, these people who aren't really of the body. Because um, what fellowship has, you know, has Christ with things that are on the margins of, of the church. And this is an important lesson for us because, you know, it's a big problem for Christians in the world today that, People say they follow Jesus, but they might really get their their input from their favorite cable news uh, station or their favorite internet source or or whoever's gossiping on you know their social media, and and they they allow that fired up and don't allow their lives to be governed by the principles of the gospel of love for God and love for others, and th th that we become you know, inflamed by all the secular things going on in the world. And we forget that, that the kingdom of God is is in the world, but it's different from the world. And and it's always a a challenge to live out the gospel in a real way. There's no recipe for it. How do you go to work and be a Christian in a place where other people don't believe and you're dealing with other kinds of things? Those are real challenges. But with ones we have to face, in a way to realize that the primary uh, uh, principle and foundation of life is Christ and love for God and love for others. And the, the principles of the kingdom must for us always transcend any temporal thing. I don't care whether that's who you want to win the election or, or how you want to know or even how you're dealing with your children. That's always has to be in the in the central place, and we allow ourselves to be co-opted by points of view and emotions and affections that are really not rooted in the kingdom. We begin to have this partnership, and I guess the kind of thing that St. Paul is hinting at here, um, that our, our hearts get drawn away from Christ into some pursuit of a temporal end that 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 isn't the kingdom. So. Um, 
he says, come out of them and always remembering to cleanse our hearts. And this is why the life for prayer coming back and remembering where our life truly is. This is the foundation and going into the world to try to be witnesses for Christ in a world that we live in, but which is not really uh, the place that we ultimately belong. So a few thoughts about today's lessons. All conditions of men on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee all for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit, in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate, especially those for whom we make our prayers at this time. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, thine unworthy servants, do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you, Chris and Robert. Uh, have a great Tuesday, and we'll look forward to seeing you this evening. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you.